Hey guys, welcome back to the Japan Archives, uh, bonus episode 5. Today's tale is going to take us back to Enno Ozunu from episode 22. So we already had one bonus episode on him. The third bonus episode about the Oni, Zenki and Goki. A short story around that. But I wanted to tell one more tale about him which goes a bit more in depth into some of the events from his life as well as how he um how he gained the peacock power which we mentioned in episode 22 when we first talked about him i came across this tale well the book that i found it in states that the tale can originally be found in what's known as a nara ehon uh, now this is an overall term from what I can tell for like woodblock printed books or hand scrolls of a specific size which date to the Muromachi or the Edo period. I'm afraid the book I did use today doesn't say which specific Ehon this tales comes from but we at least know the type of book it did come from today. Mm. So for the tale it says that Ozuno uh, lost his father at the age of two and so was actually brought up by his mother there afterwards. Eventually, he then decided to turn their home into a temple uh, when he became 34 years of age, enshrining within it a 8-foot-tall statue of the god known as Miroku. Now, Miroku in Japanese is the god of happiness, and it's actually said that he built the statue himself from a pile of dirt. Now, the story sadly doesn't say what, at this point, what became of his mother when they actually turned their home into a temple so whether she still lived there or whether she was made to move elsewhere I'm not too sure but soon after the completion of the temple it said that he gifted it to the court at the time and so Ozuno then retired to the mountains of Katsuragi where he began to wear clothes made from bark and subsisted of nothing but pine needles. I don't think he got all the necessary nutrition from pine needles I, I have to imagine I mean lots of fiber but I can't imagine there are many vitamins in pine needles. Probably not, but I think it's safe to say from what we've already learned about him, he wasn't necessarily a normal person. He was definitely outside the norms of reality. After he moves to the mountains of Katsuragi, it's said that wandering these mountains became his life, and at times he ventures to others which were close by. One day, he decided to take a walk through the Omine Range, where he then looked over to a different peak known as the Shaka Peak, and from it it said that he could feel the power which radiated from it. Now, Azuno was drawn to the power, and so he went over to the summit where he came across a nine-foot skeleton. The sheer size of the skeleton itself wasn't the only thing of interest, because even though the skeleton was obviously dead, it still grasped with an iron grip two things in its hands. In his left hand, it said that there was a bell, and in his right hand, a single pronged Vajra. So Thomas, what's a Vajra? I thought you were going to ask that. I wasn't sure myself before I, like, image searched it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to send you a link to an image of it, and I want you to try and describe it to the listeners, because I'm pretty sure it is something you have seen before in maybe temples or museums, because I've seen them a lot around Japan. I just didn't actually know what they were called. Okay, so you sent me the link? Okay, let me let me take a look. Oh, oh, okay, yes, I know this thing. I've seen it before. Generally, I swear I've seen it in 
like in a temple, like one of the the statues is holding it. It's it almost looks like brass and like almost like two candlesticks that have been pushed together. So like the two candlestick handles, but they are kind of like globes on either ends with points. I'm not exactly sure. It's a difficult thing to describe in appearance. So I will definitely stick a picture of one in the show notes. And you've probably seen it before because I, I know I've seen this before several times. Ooh, it was a nice challenge. <laughs> Describe this object. Yes, he has come across this nine-foot-tall skeleton, which, though dead, still grasps in its hands with an iron grip, a bell in one hand, and in the other, a single-pronged vajra. It's said that this find increased Ozuna's faith, and so that very night he prayed to the deity of Miroku, and Miroku actually spoke back to him during the night. And Miroku said, The skeleton that you have actually found is yours. The skeleton is you. Ooh. For seven of your past lives, you were an ascetic of this very mountain. This body is you. If you want the bell and the vajra, chant the mantra of the peacock king. And so Ozuno went away to learn this mantra, finding himself filled with new abilities from the very moment he began to utter them. He found that he could suddenly fly to any place that he wanted on a cloud of five colors, and so he returned to the Shaka Peak to see the skeleton once more. But after he reached there, he found that the skeleton had disappeared, and that the bell and the vajra now lay on the ground waiting for him. From here, now holding these two items that he coveted, he looked north and saw an another mountain peak called the Golden Peak, another place which was said to radiate with power, a mountain which had flown, according to legend, all the way from India when Emperor Kinmei was on the throne flying upon a giant white cloud to finally nestle itself within the country of Japan. Enno Ozuna knew of these legends surrounding the mountain, and he knew that when Miroku was said to return as the Buddha, far in the distant future, the earth would become covered in gold, and until then, all the gold sat waiting patiently inside the golden peak. Ozuna had a small fear for this future and the sinful ages to come, and so he wanted a deity who could guide others to salvation. And so he prayed day in and day out for 1,000 days until the deity known as Zhao Gongen came forth, taking on the appearance of a very quiet and kind being. Ozunu found himself very unimpressed by his appearance, fearing and wondering how such a kindly deity could save the deluded beings from the sins of what was to come. And so it is said that Zhao Gongen left. So Ozuno prayed anew, and again, the same god returned, this time taking on a fearsome appearance, taking the fierce pose used to crush demons and brandishing a three-pronged vajra in his right hand. A few years are said to have passed after this as Azuno retreated into a cave, bringing all kinds of creatures to him with his newfound powers so that they may serve him. And during these years, he made various outings to all the sacred mountains of Japan, including Fuji and Asama. And even during this time, he went to the land of the immortals. After all this time had finally passed, Ozuna decided it would be best for a bridge to be built, all the way from the Katsuragi Mountains to the Golden Peak, to allow his followers to make journeys between the two. And searching for someone who could do this very job, he came across Hito Kotonushi, the deity of the mountain of Katsuragi. Sadly, however, this rock bridge was never finished but it was more the fault of Azuno than that of the god. It said that the god had always been ashamed of his appearance, and so would only work during the night time. 
Ozurno, furious by this decision, actually bound the god in a spell, and threw him to the bottom of the ravine. A very callous act for a religious man, at least in my opinion. Soon after, the court of the emperor found themselves with an attendant who became possessed, and under questioning, they actually revealed themselves to be Hitokotonushi, who announced that Enno Ozuno was making a rebellion at the time and had to be stopped. Emperor Momu, who was ruling at the time, immediately sent a letter demanding Ozuno's presence, but Ozuno refused. He sent his soldiers, but Ozuno merely flew away. And it was only after they took his mother prisoner did Ozunu finally appear in the palace where his mother was immediately freed. So the story has come back to his mother, at least she is still alive. Hmm. But again, I'm still not sure where she's been living for all this time. So Ozunu is now caught in front of the emperor, Momu. And so the emperor decided to actually have him exiled to the island of Oshima. And it's said that during the day, he behaved quite well. He remained on the island, but at night, he would fly to Mount Fuji on his cloud of five colors. Hitokotonushi knew of this. He knew what Ozuna was actually doing. And again, possessing an attendant, he informed the emperor and demanded that Ozunu be put to death for disobeying the emperor of Japan. Emperor Monmu sent soldiers to take his life, but every soldier, in fact, failed. Their bows broke, as did their swords when they attempted to take the man's life. After this had happened, Ozunu asked for one of the soldier's swords, and taking it, he licked the blade three times before handing it back. The soldiers were in awe from that very moment. Where he had actually licked the blade, they now saw engraved upon it the name of the god of Mount Fuji. They returned to the emperor then to tell them of their tale. The emperor Momu now realizing that Ozunu was not an ordinary man, and so he had him pardoned and his exile lifted. With his exile lifted, Ozuna was able to return to the mainland of Japan, but he had now grown tired of the country. And so he climbed into a large Buddhist arms bowl with his mother and flew on to China on his five-colored cloud. But that's not quite where the story of Ozunu ends. Entering into this tale briefly is the man known as Taicho, who hailed from the province of Echizen. He was also a great aesthetic whose powers were well known and regarded throughout Japan. It's said that Taicho, like Ozuno once had, set out to visit all the sacred mountains of Japan, eventually coming to the mountains of Katsuragi, where he stayed for a single night. During his sleep, Hitokoto Nushi, who was still stuck down in the ravine, reached out to him, begging for him to be freed, telling him that Ozuno had bound him in a spell, revealing to Taicho that he was bound inside a mossy boulder. So Taicho awoke and found the very boulder and attempted to free this deity. But as soon as he did so, Ozunu suddenly appeared full of fury. And so it said that Taicho fled and no one attempted to free Hitokotonushi ever again. There is so much going on in this story. There's a lot of elements to this tale, which is why I'm kind of glad we've already covered Ozunu a little bit in the previous mm. episode because it just adds more to it so it's a bit easier to follow but again like we keep coming back to this a lot of the stuff in these tales we read seem to have a lot of elements of and then this happened and then nothing's ever mentioned of it ever again like something that seems important like he summons a god to help with future sinners but then nothing is done with it it's very strange 
Yeah, I can see like if this was going to be uh, like a manga, this would be several several volumes, and it's almost like a, a side a side quest. Some of these elements are just like a little side quest. Like this thing happened. Okay, now back to our main story. And I like I I also like the fact that the Emperor Bombu, um only considered him to be a supernatural kind of person after he licked the sword and caused the kanji of the god to appear on the blade. At no point before that had he been considered as a special man, even though mm, so even though he could fly on a flat on a cloud of five different colors, Emperor Mom was like, just an ordinary guy. It's fine. How many people during those days were flying were flying on clouds? Is this like a common occurrence? <laughs> We'll have to look into it. Maybe there were several flying around at the time. Yeah, the let's see, make sure I get the the name correct. Zhao Gongen. He was too nice. So Ozunu was like, no, no, you 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 don't work. You don't work. Praise again. And then he comes back in a scary, fearsome form. And then yes, he just yeah, that's kind of definitely um brings an aspect of Ozuno's personality that he was not a fan of the kindly looking god and wanted the very fearsome looking god because obviously the kind god wasn't going to be able to accomplish much considering Ozuno's personality <laughs> and throwing down I'm going to mangle the name you just a beautiful pronunciation Hito Kotonushi he bound him down and then the story ends for Ozuno but then Taicho comes in and is like oh I'm going to free you and Ozuno's like no you're not you're not going to free him <laughs> And then poor Hito Kotonushi is still stuck in their mossy boulder. Well, like I said, I think it's kind of strange for a religious man to act so callously and so mean to a god who was trying to build this bridge for him. I mean, because obviously Ozunu is merely a religious man and he was getting angry at a god who wasn't doing what he wanted. It should always be at least with most other religions, it should be the other way around. The god gets angry at you for not following his orders. Yeah, it definitely goes a little bit against what we see more and more in like Western religions. But then again, you know, with this particular religion, there's so many different types of gods and so many different levels of gods. And it's not quite God in the way we would think about a gods or God, not quite the well, I guess the 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 Greek, the Greek gods, um, probably because there was multiple Greek gods. I mean, some of them didn't some mortals actually take revenge on gods in Greek mythology, or am I misremembering? The only one I can think of off the bat, and it's not really a revenge story, it was the one of Odysseus when he blinds the Cyclops, Polythemus. Oh. But I don't think I'd class that as revenge because Polythemus was technically a god. He was the son of Poseidon. Was he demigod? Is his mother immortal? Or is his mother also? Because I was thinking about, honestly, I was thinking about Achilles, but I looked him up really quickly and he was actually half god because, uh, you know, he, well, he was dipped into the, that particular brew that pr pr that saved his body, but his, where his heel wasn't dipped in, that's where he was shot and killed because half gods could be killed uh well polythemus was the the son of poseidon and a sea nymph so i don't know if you class a sea nymph as a god or not mm. i don't know now we've gone into <laughs> sorry nothing is off the top of my head about mortals enacting revenge on god mm. there's certainly console games which do it oh yeah but whether there whether there's any stories about it i can't think of any off the top of my head i do wonder if for Japan, the reason they do it is because obviously Enno 
for Zuno, it's he was more of a aesthetic for the Buddhist religion. Obviously, you got Miroku, who was supposed to return one day as the Buddha, but actually Hitokotonushi was a Shinto deity. So I don't know if that is the reason why he acts the way he does to him because it's not one of his gods.、Mm. So perhaps he has less respect for him. I wonder. That's definitely possible. But when you said something, it just brought up another question I had, and now I think it's gone. Should have written it down while you were talking, because we then got into the talking about the <laughs> Greek mythology, which is totally off topic, but fascinating too, because there are definitely differences in religion in Japan versus religion in other countries. But then some similar, some ways there are some similarities too. Similarities, <laughs> there are some similarities as well. Ah, which brings me to an, another interesting point, which is not a question about the story, but I did have a question about. The pronunciation, because you said, can you just say the word again? D e i t y. Deity. Now is is that a, is that British pronunciation? Because we we say deity, but I was like maybe it's it's a difference in、um, just a difference pronunciation. Because I'm pulling up the actual the different pronunciations. Because I was wondering if that it's like that's a correct pronunciation, but I'm just not used to hearing it. It's definitely what we would say in England. At least I would say I was brought up with the pronunciation of deity,、hmm. but I I do but I hear deity a lot more here because you have to teach American English.、Hmm. So now I flip between the two. I just that was like I've not heard that before, and yeah, like like now when I hear something pronounced like the word I'm used to hearing it, there's there's a few different words from like from British pronunciation to American pronunciation to even like English and. At Jamaica and English in the Philippines and English in Australia, there's sometimes words that are pronounced a little differently from everyone who speaks like English as a native language. And I just, I was like, whoa! I have to ask you about that. That's that's so cool. I was I was really intrigued by the pronunciation. I see, <laughs> but now like I was brought up saying deity, so I guess it is more of a British English as opposed to an American English. Well, cool. Thank you for thank you for the new pronunciation. I'm so excited. I'm okay. So, what did you think overall of the story? Like, what's your overall opinion? Ozuno is a very complex and interesting character. I am not.、Um, if I was watching a movie about him, I don't know if I would be a fan of him. He has a lot of things going on. He definitely seems to have a bit of a temper. True. And I'm trying to figure out、like, what what he accomplished. Particularly, he did a lot of different things, but I don't like. He built a temple, and that looks like it's kind of it. He didn't build his bridge. He just kind of flew back and forth to Fuji. It seemed like Fujisan. It, it seems like so. And then he went to another country. I kind of wondered what he did in China. Wonder if there's tales over there about him as well as a.、Uh, Different things that he did, so it's an interest, interesting stories. But it, it feels like stories and not just one story. There's so many different elements to it. Lots of different elements kind of put together to make an actual attempt at a tale. Yeah. So in that、yeah. aspect, is it's really interesting because it's it's really short tale, but it's a long. It's a lot of elements condensed into a short tale, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to think about. But at the end of the day, Ozuno was a、um, hmm, complex character. But I'm really glad he had very 
he had cared for his mom. He cared for his mom a lot. I mean, that that right there does redeem him quite a bit. He saved his mom from the amp. Even at the end, he took. Yeah, he still took her with him when he left for China, which was good. Really nice that um, familial duty. Very kind of him. Mm. Well, there you have it, guys. The story of the peacock power of Enno Ozuno. We hope you enjoyed it. So yeah, that's it from me for today. We'll speak to you again on Friday with our Oni episode. Heather, anything else from you? Thank you so much today, Thomas. I really enjoyed being on the bonus episode and we're looking forward to Friday and I'm very excited about the Oni. All right, speak to you later, guys. Matane. Matane. Matane.